Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Hello and welcome to Shark Buggy, the 20th episode, can you believe? Thank you for staying with us and welcome if you're new to tuning in. Other things with the number 20. Pounds in the record weight of a cucumber. Square feet in area of an average human skin. And tons weight of the average iceberg. It's been a busy week. I thought we were doing well when Glyn and I received a rather nice invitation. But in the space of seven days, Howard now has his brand new Dame Edna Everidge glasses. He's been doing his online classes and he's also had to self-isolate due to coming into contact with someone who had tested positive for Covid. It's all go. But yes, I felt in good company because the Duchess of Cambridge was also in the same boat. Yeah, I thought, I wonder if they're just going for people called Middleton and just saying, <laughs> yes, you need to self-isolate. <laughs> but oh, it's, it's driven me mad. It's, honestly, it went until midnight last night and I actually went out for a bit of fresh air at, at midnight. And, uh, I've been out for a run this morning, but not to be able to go out i mean it says if you've got a garden of course you can go out into your garden but but we couldn't and then to make matters worse they're repairing the roof on our block of flats and um, took part of the the roof off and we started getting more water pouring through but yes it started coming through the smoke alarm in the kitchen and the light fitting so anyway, I managed to turn the smoke alarms off, except for the one in the kitchen that kept going beep, beep, like this all the time. And now I've got two buckets in the kitchen catching the water. So I did the whole class with a beeping noise, you know, beep, beep, oh, no. beep, um, and, and managed to do it. But apparently I distressed this dog in Pittsburgh. So it's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, bless. Oh, I hope it's all right. Well, they've been round to check today and no, they've I checked the all dog. the electrics. <laughs> oh, the dog! Because <laughs> I thought I forgot to do the podcast or anything. We've heard from Barbara. And is, she, is, she in Pitts, is she in Pittsburgh? She's in Pennsylvania. Oh, God, I hope it's not her dog. No, I no. Hope she wasn't on that class. <laughs> Pennsylvania, six, five, six, five, thousand. Six, five, oh, oh, oh. Yes, so uh, <laughs> lovely message from Barbara. I listen to all your podcasts from one to 19. Can't wait for more. Isn't that kind? Oh, so we've heard from that's Barbara. That's lovely. Yeah. It, it is lovely. We've also, this is from Jules, who's in Derbyshire in England. I was doing a catch up on some episodes and came across your discussion of all things asparagus. I'm having a go at growing some, and this is the second year. For the first two years, the instructions are not to pick any so that the plants get established. So every time I go up my garden, I see my bolting asparagus now some five foot tall and I haven't been able to eat any. P.S. I hope Peter's knee soon mends. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? How is it? Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's fine. He'll always find something else to moan about. And we must say hi to Jude. He's a young lad who um, took a picture of him and his mum, Sarah, listening to Shat Bagley in the car. So hi to you, oh, Jude. Nice. I hope it, I hope neither of them were driving at the time. No, I no. Were taking a photo. <laughs> <laughs> right then, Mister. I've got something to do with Isabella Beaton. What have you got? I was going to talk a little bit about rice pudding. 
Mm -hmm. I, I must just tell you though this before before I get on to this. I forgot to mention last week that I'd been in the Daily Mail. Yes, oh. there was a picture of me and everything. It was like, so it was under an article called "Turn Your Staycation into a Sensation." So it was ideas for people who might be staying at home this year and things that they could do, and it was it was saying about classes and and events and things like that. He says, enjoy some pampering, gourmet cuisine and baking lessons from a bake-off star such as Howard Middleton. Now, I think there needed to be some separation in those because it sounds as if I'm offering all three services. Yes, I thought it's, that. I'm doing pampering, gourmet cuisine and baking lessons. <laughs> so it was obviously showing another picture of somebody doing a massage and somebody some some sort of gourmet ingredients <laughs> or something but the but i just thought people will be expecting a lot won't they yeah that on that table and let me give you a rub <laughs> <laughs> is there any body part that you don't fancy touching if that was if you were called upon to do that um i don't, I don't do you know i think i'd be all right i don't think i'd be i don't think i'd be problematic with anything like that some people have problems with feet don't they yeah i couldn't um, touch somebody else's feet couldn't you no no not massage them or anything no i can i can touch obviously those dearest closest and dearest to me but um, no, I couldn't do a str stranger's feet. No. That's a, a, a strange way of, of measuring friendship, isn't it? <laughs> Will you touch my feet? <laughs> so go on then. You know, ask that question. I didn't want to risk <laughs> a no, really. So I thought I'd better just avoid that. Would Would it offend you if I had gloves on? <laughs> I don't know why you're touching my feet in the first place. <laughs> Well, when you go to a pampering thing, they do that reflexology. I've had yes. that done. It is lovely. A few years ago, I did have a, a massage, and uh, I can't say I was I was greatly impressed by it. I also had a manicure as well, and I thought, oh, I don't like what they've done there. I think I can do better myself. You know? Oh, I don't think I don't think that's me. No. I think I just need a good buff. That's all. <laughs> I think everybody needs a good buff. Yeah. So were you going to say you were looking at what rice pudding? I, I was looking in the Food for the Greedy by Nancy Shaw, and she's got a recipe in here for rice pudding. And she says, this is so seldom well made, but it takes a long time and a good deal of trouble. But if the pudding is made in the following way, one is well rewarded. The receipt, as she said before, the receipt I copied from a paper many years ago and have never seen this method of making rice pudding in any cookery book since. So she puts two or three large spoons full of rice into a buttered pudding base and fills with milk. Put into a quick oven about 9.30am if wanted for lunch. This is quite specific. <laughs> <laughs> Stir in the cream that forms on top every five minutes. Oh my goodness. Every five minutes? Every five minutes, not allowing any skin to form. After stirring for an hour, put a few scraps of butter, or better still, suet over the top and let a skin form. Remove to a cool oven, undisturbed for four hours. So it's five hours in, in total. I don't know what time she's having lunch then. She's been up nine, at 9.30. 12, 1, 2. Oh, it's half two. That's not, that's not lunch. That's... <laughs> That's heading for... A bit late. Yeah. She should get up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and she says this this pudding is 
as if made of thick cream. So it will have, have gone quite kind of thick and creamy, won't it? I would have thought after five hours in the oven. But I was having a look whether anybody else did it like that. I remember as a child, we had Delia Smith's rice pudding and she'd taken hers from Eliza Acton. So Eliza Acton was a cookery writer in, in Victorian times. So she wrote a book called Modern Cookery mm. in 1858. Uh, four ounces of whole rice in a pot and adds milk so she's she's doing it on the hob as it were rather than in the oven and then she adds some sugar eggs butter grated rind of half a lemon bakes in a gentle oven for 30 to 40 minutes i've got mrs beaton's all about cookery but the yeah. one i've talked about before was from early 1970s well i've sourced one from 19 12 and it was the new edition brought out and I've looked on rice pudding ingredients one pint of milk three tablespoons of rice one and a half tablespoonfuls of sugar salt and nutmeg again it's back to your daily mail thing you need to combo because it's one and a half tablespoons of sugar salt yeah, and salt nutmeg, and nutmeg. Yeah. <laughs> pick Ooh. and wash the rice place it in a greased pie dish add the sugar milk and a small pinch of salt Sprinkle the surface lightly with nutmeg and bake in a slow oven for about two hours. So that wasn't faffy, was it? That was straight no, in. No, and... I don't think it's faffy. My favourite rice pudding is one from a cookery book, which is a much more recent one than that. And it's, uh, I think it's in 1990s, maybe even 2000. It's the second Morrow cookbook. So Morrow is a, um, a restaurant that's in, in London, mm -hmm. Casa Morrow. And they do arroz con leche, which I think is Spanish for rice pudding, oh. as you would. And they put, oh, it's absolutely delicious. My dad used to love this, actually. So they, they put the pudding rice, the milk, caster sugar, and some cinnamon sticks. You know, the whole cinnamon sticks. Oh. Just put a couple of those in the rice pudding, mm -hmm. and it kind of infuses it as it cooks. But you also put the rind of two small oranges so you peel the oranges and you put the orange peel in there and that and it gets this wonderful orange and cinnamon flavour to it. Oh, nice. It's delicious, yeah. Oh, gosh. Speaking of um, uh, oranges and, and peelings, did you do the lemon zest in your porridge? I did, yes. And it was very nice. Yeah. Yes. It, uh, it really perks it up, doesn't mm. it? It's lovely. The combination of lemon and blueberries mm. I, I love. I mean... I've, had... I've, I've got, um, I've taken advice from you about things like that, you know. T this week I've had some pears in a fruit bowl because they were a little bit on the uh, underripe side. And I thought I shan't put them in the fridge like I normally put everything in the fridge. I shall follow Katie's advice and put them in a, a fruit bowl. And? Very successful, oh. I have to say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Glyn and I have had an invitation. Well, it, it's more Ooh. Glyn, really. This came in the post this week. And uh, I reckon it's a day out, H. It's a day out. So it says, Dear Mr Johnson, it, now the restrictions are easing, it's time to take control of our lives. That is why we are delighted to invite you to a luxury retirement village. <laughs> and we can, we can have a tour and we can have a complimentary cream tea, a glass of champagne. And if we book before the 8th of August, H, we'll also receive a £30 Marks and Spencer voucher. Wow. Well, 
It's worth and, going, you, isn't it? Are you committed to moving in then, though, after that? No, 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 no committing. So it's oh. uh, probably about 50 minutes away this year, Retirement Village. But yes, you get cream tea, glass of champagne, and after the tour, you'll get a £30 Marks and Spencer voucher. So it's a day out, isn't it? It's worth yeah, it. it's yeah. worth going, yeah. Take control. <laughs> oh, you know we're having that hoo-ha about the car? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're still, yeah. Like, still having a hoo-ha. There's a man at the moment lying down underneath it. Not that I've run anybody over, but he's having a look Good. to see what he can do. And uh, so a friend of ours lent us their car. Isn't that wonderful? That's kind. It yeah, is kind, nice. isn't it? Yeah. When I first got into in it, I couldn't see anything would explain why I was feeling what I was feeling. So for a minute, I thought I'd wet myself. And that's awful, an awful feeling. I well, if you're not you're not conscious of the fact that you've done it, that is worrying, yes. So I thought maybe we need to go to this retirement property sooner rather than later. But no, what it was, I hadn't even noticed when I sat in the car, because you're so concentrating on the new car and which way the ignition is and all this, is that on top of the seat, which I hadn't clocked, was another seat, if you like, like a yes. support seat. And as you're driving along... It ha it was heated. Well, I I didn't realise oh. that. You see, I thought I'd wet myself. Age. <laughs> I oh. thought you sat on a sandwich or something. <laughs> I know. Oh dear. Anyway, all's well. I'm glad you mentioned sandwiches. Mrs. Beaton's all about cookery. There's a lovely thing, Howard, on page fifty-one, and she talks about salads and uh, jellies, cream, straining jelly. I thought that was a good name for a band as well, the Straining Jelly. Oh, yeah, Straining yes, Jelly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's something about sandwiches. And it says here, and this is it's only a little paragraph, sandwiches for afternoon tea or any occasion where they will come in contact with gloved fingers should be left perfectly plain on the outside, but when they may be eaten with a fork, some pretty effects may be produced by decorating them with variously coloured Shaud Freud sauces. Shaud Freud, Howard? C-H-A-U-D-F... I think Shaud is French for hot, isn't it? And Froid, uh, froid is cold. My pronunciation's terrible. So does it mean like hot, cold sauces? I, I think? don't know. But it was that line I loved, where they will come in contact with gloved fingers. Gloved hands. Yeah, gloved fingers. Yeah. Oh. Like I'm going to do with your feet. Sure. <laughs> Isn't it awful when we sort of chat to each other like this and you can imagine all our many listeners sort of shouting at us how to pronounce this correctly and we, we can't hear them, can we? These days the term Schaud Freud almost refers to a jellied sauce that is used to decorate serving platters or to coat chicken breasts or other cooked and cooled items. Ah, you're right. The sauce's name is based upon the sauce being prepared hot, but served cold. It's served cold. Ah. ah, right. And it's froid, isn't it, the second bit? Is that how Chaud you pronounce it? Yeah. Froid. Froid. <laughs> oh, dear. Chaud Freud. Chaud Freud. Chaud Freud. Chaud Freud. Chaud Freud. Chaud Freud. Who is that? Chaud Freud. Chaud Freud. Isn't that not it? That's not how you pronounce it. That's that's just a badly pronounced Dalek. That no. we want we want a French what French person to go. Chaufroid. Hang on then. Chaufroid. Shout fried. Shout fried. Shout fried.
That's an American accent. Chad Freud. <laughs> Chad Freud. Chad Freud. Is that it? That, that's just... No, that's just like... Let's all say it the same way, but wrongly. Yeah. Froid. 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 That does that. Like he's coughing something up. <laughs> so we've got the foie, but we haven't got the choid. Right, so, so we've now it's the foie. Let's have a look what chord shall we? How do, here we are, here we are. We've just lost half our American listeners who insist on pronouncing it. Now then, we must say we have new listeners come on board so we have you uh, united kingdom united states canada australia germany singapore and italy so welcome Mm. yeah welcome welcome oh i love that i love the fact that we've got people in singapore and italy as well that's i always wanted to learn the italian language it is a beautiful it sings doesn't it oh it does yeah you know it is beautiful I don't, we wasted a day in Italy once. And not that we were only in Italy for the day. But I remember uh, we were on a cruise. Peter and I went on a cruise um, after we had our civil partnership. And um, we, we ended up on, on one occasion in... Uh, Venice was nice, but where did we go? Uh, Florence. Oh, right. beautiful. Beautiful. But we did a kind of walking tour around and then went for lunch with a lovely woman from the from the cruise who was from Canada. And uh, all three of us discovered that we enjoyed a drink. And basically we spent the whole afternoon in this restaurant and then it was time to go. We thought, oh, we've had a lovely time, but we've not seen a lot of Florence. Oh, you're like. joking. On that very same cruise, to be, another strange incident happened. Um, we, we ended up in, uh, was it Dubrovnik? So we went to Croatia as well as to Italy. And at one point, this um, this tour guide, she said, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to go and deal with something. She said, would you ha- have the paddle and lead the way? So she gave me, she put me in charge. And it's like, why have you left me in charge of guiding this tour? I don't even know where we're going. Peter thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so how long has she gone for? She was gone about half an hour. Yes, and I'm like sort of thinking this way. We went to Florence, my sister and I, for a special birthday. So there was my sister and a few friends of uh, myself and a few friends. Fabulous yeah. place. You've got to promise me you go back. That's what that's where I um, acquired a watch. How? What do you mean you acquired a watch? Right. Somebody. Now this is this is one of our. You know, people ask us certain questions and our, our yeah. thoughts on them. Well, this is this is this is one from me. Is this is going back eight years ago, and we were in Florence, but we went for a train ride to is it Luca, Luca, yeah. fabulous train, really clean. Anyway, there was a very amorous young couple, and uh, on the train, which always reminds me of that Victoria Wood sketch. There was a couple having sex in the in the carriage. No, <laughs> nobody said anything, and then they lit up a cigarette. Excuse me, there's no smoking in here. Yes, the marvellous Victoria Wood. But they, they they were very amorous, but Italians are, aren't they? So uh, oh. and they're only 
very young. Anyway, they were on for, for a, a couple of stops and then they got off. Next thing, I clocked, there's a watch on the floor under where they were seating. So I thought, all oh, right, what do you do? What do you do? So I picked it up. I promise you it wasn't anything like a Rolex or no, anything no. like that. It was, well, it wasn't. It was blue plastic. So I guessed it wasn't, wasn't anything hugely <laughs> valuable. But we hadn't seen anybody else on the train. There was no little chap or chapess coming down and checking your tickets or anything. So, no, I, right. no. so I kept it, Howard. That's all right. And I, sure I, that's fine. I got home and I said to Glenn, I've, I've got you a watch from Italy. And he wore it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's still got it after all Has these it? years. Yeah. Yeah. My, my auntie Olive used to tell us this story. I don't know uh, about how she was. I don't think you could Im you could bring things from abroad in the same way that you can uh, possibly now. Or maybe they have duty attached to them or whatever. But she uh, she came back from Paris with a, a watch smuggled in a corset. Yeah, she. Uh... <laughs> what, while she was wearing it? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, she wore. I know. That's strange, isn't it? Nowadays, they'd have sort of. Um, You'd spot that you've got to watch down your uh, your corset because they do sort of oh. uh, X-rays, don't they? But yeah, I hate it. I I must have got one of those faces. I think I'm quite an honest face and very open, but whether I give off a certain aura as I go through airport security, <laughs> I don't know. But I'm forever, Howard. I'm forever having to stop. They do all the patting. They do all the beep 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 beep, and it always goes off. And I always say. It's my underwired bra, always. Yeah. And they look at you because there's no emotion at all. Is there absolutely no emotion? Well, the times I've nearly had to go into a room. Anyway, I thought, right, I can't be doing with this anymore. I can't be doing with this. I'm going to have to have a bra with no underwires, right? Yeah. So I got quite excited thinking this the, the, the time going through. They still stop me, Howard. Something to do with my shoes. <laughs> you must look very patable. <laughs> Do you know that's probably one of the nicest things you've ever said to me? The thing is, though, I had bare feet in, in a Crocs, so I just didn't understand, but, yeah. I'll, I'm going to go with that. I'm extremely patable. I like that. Thanks, H. Well, speaking of advice and, and questions, Howard, we heard from Julie. Uh, Julie listens in Worcestershire in, in the UK, and yeah. she went to the doctors recently, and bless her, she said, Katie and Howard, they were scales and measurements in the waiting room so what? um yeah so you walk in and whereas you just have chairs there's now there's this machine that measures you both your height your all your bits and pieces your weight and bless her she said she's she's she, she's been reduced by two inches and she's put a stone on but i wouldn't want something like that in the waiting room would you no not at all not for everybody to see is it that speaking one well no because she said in the message that she had gone in and the doctor or the nurse had taken the measurements from this machine she didn't mention yeah. anything about speaking oh no that's even worse then isn't it so basically what it's doing is you get on it in the waiting room and then that information goes through to the doctor. Yeah, yeah. Or the, or the nurse or whatever. Yeah. Ooh, I don't like that. I can't be doing with that. I, I, I would ask for a recount. <laughs> <laughs> or coming out of uh, lockdown and it's uh, only one at a time on the machine, please. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I, I don't like the sound mm. of that. Well, I can't sing yeah. that stay in there once people can go back into the, the waiting room. But then again, where are they going to put it? So what advice have you got for her? Is it not possible to do it privately? To go private? No, I don't mean private treatment. I just mean private measurement. Private measurement sounds like he's of dad's army. <laughs> but I suppose the doctors and nurses wouldn't, wouldn't then um, accept kind of private weights no <laughs> because and i can honestly speak for um probably a lot of ladies listening to this if the doctor said and how much do you weigh katie oh i'd knock yeah. i'd be knocking a lot off I, yeah would you yeah yeah because yeah. i mean how wonderful to be able to leave lose say i don't know two and a half to three stone in 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> uh, mind you your head weighs a stone doesn't it is it? Yeah. yeah. A bit drastic, though, well, that one. Well, mine will weigh even more with those new glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and just as last week, I'll pop a picture of Dave Nedner's on our Facebook and Instagram pages so you can tell the difference. If you're listening outside of the UK, the Daily Mail is a tabloid newspaper, which also has a huge online presence. And news just in, man under the car has sorted it, so we're once again mobile. So that's it for another week. Have a good one, and please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. Of course I love you, Glyn. Look, I'm touching your feet without wearing any gloves. <laughs> <laughs>